keeping you from being the best you can be. Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about life's big questions with author Betsy Thompson. Let me tell you a little bit about Betsy. A Philadelphia native with a BFA from the University of Pennsylvania, Betsy worked as an account executive for several Philadelphia radio stations and then as a commercial print model appearing in television commercials in Philadelphia and New York. Yet, after moving to California, Betsy struggled and nearly became homeless. After she recognized her tendency to blame everyone else for her problems and decided to become accountable, she began to recover. For the next 18 years, Betsy worked as an executive assistant to an entertainment executive in the film industry. She retired in 2005 and is now writing full-time. Betsy has a passion for communicating spiritual concepts. Her lessons have been about understanding how she faces herself wherever she goes. She finally realized that each job and each person was an opportunity to know herself better, not an opportunity to blame others for her problems. And those sound like some powerful life lessons. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Linda, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. You know, um, I wonder if we could start, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your journey and um, what led you to write your latest book, Love Human. Well, um, I guess I guess I would have to start uh, way back uh, when I was very young, and um, my mother uh, was always talking about uh, her her grandmother, which who was my great grandmother, and always hang out much she loved her, and that I looked very much like her. And I even at four or five, I was having trouble getting along with my mother. So I thought the fact that I looked like somebody she loved was a definite asset, and I so I mm-hmm. I decided that I would talk to this woman and see if I was like her in other ways. And I I didn't tell anybody I was going to do that, so nobody told me I couldn't. And uh, <laughs> I was probably wise. Yes. Yeah. So I started having these lovely conversations, and um, at, the, at the age I was, so young, I just assumed that everybody else could do what I did. So I went to my sister, and I said, I was talking to our great-grandmother, and I asked her who she spoke to. And that was my first indication of how the rest of the world was going to react to this gift, <laughs> because she went ballistic and uh, teased me unmercifully for weeks and made me so miserable that I decided the friendship of my sister was more important than continuing doing this. And also I was terrified she would tell other people what I was doing and, mm-hmm. um, and, and they would react as she had. And so that was the end of that. But, uh, and I didn't really connect with this gift again until I was almost homeless in California and, um, really assessing my life and how it had gone and, um, started to take responsibility for my choices and this was one more thing that I took responsibility for and I decided that I would like to um, honor the gift and I, I wanted to share the ideas but I, I, I sort of said it like a prayer although it didn't sound like a prayer at the time that I wanted to, you know, I, I needed something to support me. I needed a job to support me while I did this and three weeks later I had the job in the entertainment business <clears throat> that I kept for the, working for the same man for the next 18 years and 
and did so well that I retired to write full time 18 years later. So it was like a miracle. But it was like the the universe was saying, "Okay, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go." Mm-hmm. And that's pretty powerful. I mean, you know, I think the idea, of course, that the universe is waiting for us sometime to get ready, yeah, is in itself uh, pretty powerful. And and you had to wait a long time. I, I mean, did have to wait a long time, but I, I I waited a long time because I I think partly because. Um, I was blaming everyone else for my situation, and I think when you do that, um, it's harder to progress. And, and when you take responsibility, things and and really look back and ask yourself, what did you learn from what you lived? You know, what did you mm-hmm. gain from going through what you went through? Uh, I think your 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 focus starts to change, and you have a much healthier point of view, and then you're more open to newer ideas. Right, right, and and so were you working on on all of these ideas and the book? development during the same time that you were working in the entertainment industry? Yes, I would work okay. all day and then I would go home and write all night. Work all night, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't uh-huh. have much of a social life when I was in California, but, you know, it, it seemed the right thing at the time for me. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, and this book, you know, my all my work comes out of the idea of getting answers to the questions that I have. I was always a very questioning child and never very happy with the answers I got. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it wasn't that other people haven't a- asked beautiful questions and got beautiful answers. It's just that they weren't always my answers or mm-hmm. my questions. And so um, that's how I've used the gift to really get um, ask questions and get answers. And it's, and I feel like um, a lot of people have the same questions that I've right. had, and and um, they're fairly universal. They seem to be uh, hitting a nerve with a lot of people. So. I think that's certainly true. I think, you know, if, if any one of us has what may be considered certainly a profound question, and, and that's what I think your, your book is about, really profound questions, um, there's a pretty good chance that most of us have had that same experience. Yes, I don't think you can be here without having some of these questions. <laughs> you know, right. why am I here, first of all? And, right. uh, you know, what am I, what's it all about? What's it, what is humanness? Why am I me and, and you are you? You know, all those questions that we all have. And so this is what the book addresses. And, and so um, what, is the, what would you say is the most fundamental idea in the book? I think the most important idea is that we are more powerful than we think we are. Mm-hmm. I, my, all my work is about emotional action reaction, reaction physics and that whatever we put out into the universe emotionally, we are inviting to come back to us because um, one of the ideas I've heard that's been so profound with me is mm-hmm. that the universe thinks everything is love and uh, everything, every, every, absolutely everything is love to the universe. Therefore, if I'm putting out disrespect towards another person, the universe says to me, oh, Betsy thinks disrespect is love, so let's give her a let's lot more give disrespect her some more back. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so and, some of that is, is what a lot of people in today's world uh, call law of attraction. Yes, exactly yeah. the same thing. It's just it's stated differently, yes. Right. And um, so, uh, you know, I think... People struggle sometimes with the idea of when we say, well, everything is love because everything doesn't feel like love or what their concepts of love are. So how, how do you suggest people begin just to approach that concept? Well, the thing is, we don't think everything is love because we're judging what other, people, other people's interpretation of love. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we say, well, not everything isn't love. Uh, but, you know, who are we to judge what other people consider to be love? First of all, we don't know why they're here or what they came here to do or what their purpose is while they're here. I mean, a person's purpose could be 
just being here six months. A person's uh, journey could be here being 40 years. And so uh, when something happens that we think is wrong, it's because our perception of the universe and what's going on ha- has that judgment on it. You know, it's wrong that a child died at six months. Well, it may not be wrong to the soul who's living that six months. It may be the idea of love for that soul. I mean, it's about getting rid of our judgments on what we think love has to be. Mm-hmm. And and certainly we, most of us anyway, have a lot of judgments. I think we all do, yes, yeah, we all do. Yeah. I'm working on them constantly. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it just uh, reminds me of what you said earlier about when you told your sister, man, you got just judgment after judgment coming right back at you. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did. Yeah. And that's that's a challenge, and, and I think you you made probably it was a wise decision. Your friendship with your sister was more important. Yes, but. and also the, the judgment of, of adults. I mean, I I I, I think I, I have faced that with my gift for a long time, and even when I um, decided to so called you know come out of the closet, the so called closet about the, the gift I had, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying that I did it without fear because. Um, I, I did have some repercussions through my family. My sister was no more receptive after 30 years than she was <laughs> back when I was a child. And my, I'm sure my parents didn't want me to mention what I did in front of their friends. And, you know, it wasn't, when I, when I started doing this, it wasn't, didn't have the acceptance that it has today. Right. And, but I just decided that I would, um, I, and nothing had worked in my life so far. So I, at that point, I decided I would do what I did and I would start sharing with people about it and let the chips fall where they may. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and it wasn't half as bad as I thought it would be because by that time I was, I was so engrossed in the writing and hearing such beautiful ideas that I had, um, I, I didn't get affected by the judgment as I had before. And, and it, when you say I was so engrossed in the writing, um, and it, so is the process like, do you call yourself an intuitive? Do you call yourself a, a psychic? What, what, when you say the gift exactly, how would you label that? If it's well, it's hard to when? label. I, I, when people ask me how I do it, I, I don't really know how, to, how it works, to tell you the truth. All I know is that when I sit down to write, it comes. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the example of you ask a painter where they get their vision, I, what would they say? If you ask the musician where they get their notes, what would they say? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you know where they come from. You just know that they're there when you need them. And that's the way it works for me. So I don't know what kind of a label I put on myself, some sort of a psychic, but there is, within the psychic field, there are so many different gifts. Right. Uh, and all of them seem to be so individual. It just delights me all the time how individual they are. Mm-hmm. So it's and really no different from any other kind of gift. It has many, many different ways of manifesting. And so the, the I'm going to call it the inspiration, okay. if I may. The okay. inspiration that came to you as you began to write, did it come out in, in the form that we see it now in your book, Love Human, or um, in fragments, or or... Did you weave it all together on your own? What you know, it just it, it just comes. I, I didn't even know before I started the book what the title of it would be. I just sit mm. down and say, okay, I'm ready to go. And then we go, and then everything sort of forms uh, without me doing too much. Now, I do do editing, naturally, because every, every kind of writing needs some kind right. of editing. Sure. So I do, yeah. the, I do editing, and, and my editing has improved through the years. Uh, but mm. the, the basic um, message is just comes to me. And I guess it's, you would say it's like a voice inside of me, but it's not really a loud voice. It just comes. I, don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I really don't know. It's hard for me to explain. Well, uh, and if, if I'm understanding correctly, that's really how A Course in Miracles was written. 
I think it was, yes. yes yeah, I think so. And that, so yeah. do you still talk to your great-grandma? Uh, occasionally, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Occasionally. Did she miss you all those years? <laughs> <laughs> I think she was probably with me all those years, so she didn't miss yeah. me. I might have missed her. You missed her, yeah. It was one-sided <laughs> as far as that goes, yeah, yeah. So um, what would you tell a, a little five-year-old girl today who came to you and had the same gift and was afraid to, to use it? What would you tell her? Oh, I would tell her to hold it close and never let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would. Uh, I think that uh, any, but that goes for any gift that a person has, you know, right. any gift that they feel uh, they, they're able to do and comes easily and feels wonderful to them, uh, feels that it suits them, you know, just perfectly. Right, and some of us are, are more fortunate in that we have more socially accepted gifts, um, and then those of us who have the gifts like yours, it, it's more of a challenge to, to be able to embrace that and bring it out into the world when you're just a little one. True, but I do believe that we, cho- we choose that challenge, so I, yes. I take responsibility for choosing the challenge because I do believe that before we come here, we're aware of what we're, put, we're, what we're coming into, uh, right. that we've chosen everything about the journey except how we're going to deal with it <laughs> after right. we get here. So I do believe that those influences are um, for a reason, maybe to, to, to give you courage, or maybe I had to go through everything that I lived in my life before these ideas really impacted me as they needed to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the process of being ready, I think. Yes, so. Um, We are getting ready to take a short break here, and we will be right back with my guest, author Betsy Thompson. Be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you happy with your financial life, or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with author Betsy Thompson, and she has written... Um, several books, but we're talking in particular about her book, Love Human, today. And she's written on so many big ideas, like why am I here and what is the meaning of life? And is there a reason I am me and you are you? (laughs) You know, those are big, big questions. And I thought maybe, um, Betsy, we could talk a little bit about um, perceptions and judgments and having an open mind, because I think... Even in today's world, as you mentioned, people are a lot more accepting of some of these, um, I'm going to say, alternative ideas than they used to be. Um, But you you even have to have an open mind just to listen to our program today. Yes. And and so, um, what, what do you see as the importance of keeping an open mind and how that leads to changes in perception? Well, the first thing is that um, if you keep an open mind regarding others, then they're going to keep an open mind regarding you because we all find our mirrors in other people. And so if you don't want to be around a lot of judging people just for your own sake, it pays not to judge. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the first thing. And um, But I, I, I know that it's... it's um, so the, one of the things I heard that, that, that inspired me was, why would the universe judge beliefs as good, bad, wrong, or right if all are known as the needed growth in the people who have them? And when you look at it that way, um, it, 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 it is a very tolerant thought in terms of accepting other journeys for, for what they are. And we all seem to, um, it's, I think it's a human trait, in this generation or maybe this era of history to um, to make things good, bad, wrong, or right. And mm-hmm. um, instead of just simply being, uh, and because we're not affected by the judgments of others unless their judgments have something to teach us about our own judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But we think the things we tend to judge about other people are their philosophy or we tend to judge people as victims or... Uh, as aggressors, uh, you know, the, evictor, the victim and the aggressor, we tend to judge the, the idea of war. We tend to judge abortion. We tend to judge the aging. We tend to judge sickness. We tend to judge handicaps as all being um, this or that instead of being maybe the growth that a person needs to go through, the, the growth that a person needs to live. It seems to me that uh, I've always had this vision that before we come here, we're we're planning our journey with other people who want to plan their journeys with us, and they're volunteering to be in our life for one reason or another, because they have growth to experience from being in our lives. And so, therefore, it isn't like things happen to us and we're victims. It's like we've invited them for the growth we feel that they would have for us. And that mm-hmm. I think that goes for every person, uh, mm-hmm. whatever they're going through. It's because we can't see the bigger picture of life and what people experienced before they got here into this lifetime that we judge what they go through as wrong or misguided because we don't know what they're after, what they're hoping to understand, what the growth for them involves. And so, therefore, when we see someone we think is a victim, uh, well, maybe that's the role this person had to play this lifetime in order for them to get to a certain understanding within themselves about their own evolution. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and when you think of it that way, 
it gives you a much more relaxed philosophy about life and, and you don't get so upset about what's happening to other people because you're trusting that their souls know what they're doing. And if you say anything else to yourself, like if you say that that person um, is a victim and doesn't know what it's doing, what you're really saying is that soul and that person is a dummy. And mm. I don't think that's a, a, a viable idea because the soul no. is all-knowing and knows everything. So how could the soul be a dummy? It couldn't. And I do the same thing with myself to remind myself my soul is not a dummy. I, right. went through, I went through what I went through because it was important to my evolution. And I think that if we took that attitude about a lot of people, other people that we know of, that we don't, maybe that we don't even know personally, but that we hear about in the world, it would be a different mm-hmm. kind of world. Right. I think... Um I think what you're talking about broadly then becomes uh, being able to take a compassionate view. Yes. Because, you know, these lessons sometimes are challenging. They are. And and I think right now one of the more, I I hesitate to mention this, but since we're on a show about new ideas, I'm going to mention it. (laughs) Um, The idea of abortion gets an awful lot of um, judgment around it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we're forgetting... um, that a soul would never be so mindless as to enter a thought where no future existed, if indeed it wanted that future. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a very, um, very broad-based and sort of high-level conceptualization, I think, isn't it? It is. You know? But, you know, if you go there, you go to that place, it changes everything. Right. Because maybe that is, um, it's trusting, really what it involves is trusting that we aren't wise for anyone else's lives but our own. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's true. I mean, it's hard enough to be wise for our own lives. Yes, yeah. To someone else's life. And, and when we get focused on other people's lives, it's really a, a distraction in, that keeps us from focusing on our own life. I mean, a lot of people call that distraction ego, but it's, it's, the, it's the voice inside of us that doesn't want us focused on our own growth because um, it, this voice only has life... Um, <laughs> In, in, in form, but if you, if you remember that, um, you know, we are ignorant, we are really totally ignorant about the journeys of other people. We only know what we are trying to learn or what we're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it just, it just something, something we just need to remind ourselves because there's so much judgment out there that comes back to us all the time. We need to remind ourselves on a daily basis. Right, and, and uh, you know, it just judgment just doesn't work at, at whatever way you look at it in terms of our personal growth, our spiritual growth, our psychological growth. Being in that energy of judgment just doesn't work. It doesn't no. move us forward in any way no. that I know of. It brings us fear, a lot of fear, yeah. a lot, a lot of, of fear, anger. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and well, you know, one of the things um, I think is also important. I think, in terms of what you're saying, is the ability, as we go through our individual struggles, whatever they may be, some of them are more painful than others, of course, but as we go through those struggles, especially the more painful ones, to be able to look for the gift in that struggle. Yeah, the growth. And the yeah. growth, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of value in that. Yes, there is. There is because, um, for instance, I remember thinking uh, with uh, having such a hard time with my mother. I mean, it, it didn't really ever, the, 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 the 
the struggle didn't really ever end. Uh, but I got to a point where I was able to find um, the good things about her and the things that I had learned about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if she continued to behave the same way, it didn't bother me as much as it used to because I realized that um, a lot of our angst was over the fact that she we were had a totally different attitude about what being here was all about, what life was all about. Even as a youngster, I sensed that, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized eventually that the very fact that we were so different was what was the motivation I needed to find what worked for me. And so, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, so she was, so I could just, I, I had this little image, this vision of picturing us planning the journey and me saying that I needed a challenge to get me going in the right direction. And she jumped in and said, Oh, I need, to, I'll give you that challenge because <laughs> I need to learn such and such and such. And so, um, you know, I do yeah. believe the people who give us the biggest challenges are sometimes probably the people who love us the most because they're the ones that hope that we hope that we succeed. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't quite thought of it in those terms before. Yeah. So I'm just kind of resonating with that for a yeah, second. Yeah, I mean, I have this vision of, of you know, when I, when I leave, the, leave this earth plane and, and joining her, and I have this vision of her saying, well, did it work? Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> Me saying, yes, yes, it works, it works. <laughs> uh, now, that is a great vision to hold. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, uh, you also deal with that in your book, I believe, um, you know, about uh, reality and when we leave here, our reality changes on the outside, but not on the inside. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's about, this chapter is about what is real and lasting um, as opposed to what is temporary and illusionary. And I believe that, that the only thing that is lasting or ter- eternal in us is our feelings and our, and our emotions. And, and um, so that's what we take with us when we leave. And so, therefore, when you talk about uh, the universe being in balance, which I, t- which I talk about a lot, it's, it's about mm-hmm. being in emotional balance because that's the reality of our life. The illusion is just a reflection of what's going on in our, the reality of our lives. It's just a, the, the illusion moves around and changes to suit the growth of the person who is here. Mm-hmm. And and so um, that's what we take with us when we leave here, the emotion. And so, uh, you know, this this comes covers a broad spectrum of ideas. That, for instance, the idea of suicide. You think you're going you think you're going to kill yourself because uh, it will cure the problem. But the problem is emotional with that idea. The problem is not in the picture. The problem is emotional, and so therefore you take the same, you take your problem with you. Just because you drop the body doesn't take the problem away. Uh, you mm. thought the problem would be solved by coming into the picture. So mm-hmm. this is where you think the problem can be solved. So to leave it isn't going to solve it. It is, shall we say, short-sighted as far as that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you take, you know, what? didn't they used to have an old sort of like a joke saying something like, wherever you go, there you are? Yes. Yeah. Take yourself with you wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even on into spirit. Yes, well, yes. So... That's yeah. something we can cross off the list. No reason to do that. <laughs> um, and um, maybe we can also, you talk a little bit about fear as well. Yeah. You know, and healthy versus unhealthy fear. Yes, and healthy fear is um, when you 
fear of falling down the steps. So you're careful when you're going down the steps so you won't fall. Or you duck your head if you see some target coming towards you. That's healthy fear. It's a, keep, us, uh, keep us aware of the physicality around us. Uh, healthy fear is something else entirely. It's, it's the idea, it's that voice inside of our head that, Screams in our ears, don't ask for help because your issues aren't important. Don't have any fun because mm-hmm. good times precede disaster. Don't believe in yourself. You always fall short. It's that voice inside that has, that, that really is irrational. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. It says the opposite of what it said five minutes ago. Anything mm-hmm. to keep you off balance. That's the voice well, of fear. And to keep you, um, if I'm weaving some of what you've said, to keep you in judgment and to keep you powerless. Yes. Yes, yeah. always thinking that you're at the the effect of other people instead of uh, at the head of in power, you know, in your own power. It makes you feel that you're a victim of other people instead of you're powerful to create something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and again, you know, that's that's keeping you down and back and below and and in a bad place. Right. I mean that's what I that's how I lived the first half of my life in in the blame idea and the fear because when you when you blame other people for all your problems then you're in constant fear of who's going to cause you cause you the next problem. That's <laughs> you know? true. And and it is only after you realize that uh, it, it is it, it is your reaction to the behavior of other people that is perpetrating that is causing the problem. Yeah. Perpetrating yeah. it over and over and uh-huh. over again. Yeah, I like the way you said that when you when you blame others and you're constantly waiting for the next one. Yes. to cause you problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, um that's fascinating. I again, I'm just sort of mulling it over. Um but we are getting ready to take another break, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with my guest today, author Betsy Thompson. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again? hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking today with my guest, Betsy Thompson, about... Uh, some big ideas and big answers to some of uh, the fundamental questions that we have about life. And one of the things that um, I, I like to do, Betsy, is give people sort of uh, something practical, if possible. And so if someone is just getting started on the journey that we're talking about and the journey that you describe in Love Human, like answering these big questions, um, how would you advise them to get started? Okay, I, I would love to give you an answer, although I'm not sure how practical you're going to think it is. Well. Uh, because um, each person's journey is so individual that I can't say that there's one thing that a person should do. All I can say is this, that if you put out there into the universe, um, I would like to uh, go deeper within in a spiritual way. I would, learn to learn, like, I would like to learn more about spiritual ideas. I would like to know the answers to all these questions. Then I can promise you that the universe will bring you exactly what you are ready to experience. Mm-hmm. That you don't really have to worry so much about what you have to do. You just have to put the need and the the love of the, the feeling behind the you know the love that you want to experience um, the the question of that to the universe and your soul is going to bring it to you like so fast you won't believe it, it's with you already mm-hmm. and you just have to trust that what is happening in your life in the moment is the answer to that prayer and finding the growth and finding the love in it because that's what it's all about. And so, really, you're talking about a process. I am talking about a process. I can't say to you that you should go out and and, um, start doing something because I don't really have that information for you. I I, I only know that when I said to myself, I wanted to share the gift that was in me, or, you know, it happened, it was just like happened, uh, that everything in my life came in to support it. Mm-hmm. And it happened in, th- in three weeks' time. I went from being almost homeless to being having a reliable income uh, so quickly just from saying, um, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to share whatever I can share with others. I'm ready to do it. And so I think that if you are searching on a path, you just have to trust that what is with you and what, what is with you may not look anything like what is somebody else's trying on the same path it's not going to her path is not going to look like your path because mm. your soul knows what you need and it's really about trusting that the journey is wise every every single day every single moment and that the people who are with you are reflecting you so if there's something that you don't like in the people who are with you it's not about trying to change the other person. It's about asking, what does this have to teach me about myself? Because that's mm-hmm. really what the spiritual journey is all about. It's about going within. And so until you're ready to go within, you're going to have the challenges that, that really confront you with whether you are going within or whether you are not, whether you are already also, you know, totally focused on the outside and what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I do see that as being practical, because I think what you're saying is, number one, is to acknowledge that it's a process and your own individual unique journey. And number two is to be open and ask with an open heart and an open mind. Is yes. that what? Yes. So it, I, it could be anything. Don't, don't ask for it to have the same gift that another person has, because that may be, not be the gift that you have. Uh, right. it, it's just, to, uh, you, it needs to, um, 
It's about going within, and I mean, I can say all the things that, like the outward things we do that bring inner help, like meditation is helpful to me, yoga is helpful to me, mm-hmm. um, uh, those are the, you know, the physical things that I do for myself that are helpful, uh, they could be helpful to other people, but then if you can't stand meditation, then it's not helpful for you because whatever you're comfortable doing is what is right for you. But if you do meditate, don't listen to anybody else tell you how you should be meditating <laughs> because mm-hmm. I went through that and I thought, you know, the, when I started to meditate, it was all about sitting in the exact same position they told you to sit in, mm-hmm. uh, doing the exact same mental thing that everyone else told you should right. be doing, and none of that worked for me. So I had to come to terms with the fact that I had to find what worked for me, and that that's true for everybody, and that's true for you in everything you do in life. Right, right. And, and it reminds me of, um, I had a guest recently, Dina Proctor, who wrote a wonderful book called Madly Chasing Peace, in which she <laughs> describes learning how to meditate in what she calls a three-by-three. Three. She meditates three times a day for three minutes a time, simply because when she was first learning to meditate, she couldn't stand it for any longer than three minutes. And so she has described how that's been a a really great process for her and what it led to. And so, you know, that's one approach that certainly I never would have thought about three minutes. Like, what? You know, but Uh it's it's a very interesting story and a very powerful process for her and for some others as well. Yes, yes. And and, and I, I agree totally that she... She, she decided to do what worked for her, and that's what everybody must do. Exactly. Um, and again, that it's that, that confidence that, that there is a way and there is a path for each of us as individuals. Yes, because why would we come here if there wasn't? I can't yeah. imagine that we would because I can't. We, we, when we plan a vacation, we plan where we're going to go, how long we're going to be there, what we're going to do there. Would we be any less careless, would we be any less careless coming here? I mean, that's I a good analogy. It's like that doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You have to. You planned what you want to learn. You know, you planned who you want to be with. You planned how long you're going to be there. You know, you planned why you're going there. What you want to enjoy once you're there. So just trust. Trust your soul. It knows what it's up. What's up? Yes, trust your soul. <laughs> yes. Um, let's talk a little bit, if we can, about uh, miracles. And and so, what's your view on miracles? I think it's the release of fear into love, uh, and, the, uh, and it's, uh-huh. a, it's about uh, love, release, and forgiveness. That's what I think it's about, for, um, because that's how miracles have come to me, about mm-hmm. letting go um, of old resentments, old angers, uh, old fears. Um, I just think, uh, you know, one of the fears I had was about speaking at um, expos. And so I told myself if I got invited to do it, I would just say yes without thinking. And wouldn't you know, the next day I got the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's your opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so I said yes. I said yes without even thinking. Uh, I just said, I just told myself I was going to say yes. And then, of course, another invitation came. And so when, once you get past the fear of something and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be brave enough to do it, the universe just throws it at you right away. It says, Does you, do you really mean it? Do you really mean it? Right, and and, and, and then so that, that you know, and, we, and the miracle also comes from uh, taking the old resentments we have from when we were younger, 
and just finding the growth from them and releasing the other person. Uh, I mean, I've done that in ways that I didn't even speak to the other person. I just changed my thoughts about them, and that the reaction to me was completely different because people feel our feelings. I don't care. We could say no words at all, and they would feel how we feel about them. Right. I think and, in the vernacular, they we call that catching their vibe. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So if you change your vibes towards a person, they are definitely going to feel it, and they're going to react to the change, and that's mm-hmm. a miracle. Right, and and certainly I, I've seen and heard that a lot, that if you just change your thinking, your feelings, your perceptions, your judgments about another person, it really can be quite extraordinary, the changes that occur, and you didn't say a word. You know, if you and only have to do it for yourself one time to know that it works and then to have the courage to try it again. Right, right. Yep. And, you know, it's, you're, you bring up the idea of having the courage. And as I, you know, listened to you talk and I read your book, and it struck me that there must have been several times in, in your journey that you really just had to go on courage. That's true. That's true. You just have to guess. You have to just decide that you're here. You you know, that what do you have to lose? That's how I felt sometimes. What do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, if I, I, I sometimes think that if I hadn't uh, finally acknowledged the gift, that I wouldn't be here because I do believe this is why I came. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, if the soul said to, would have said to itself, well, if she can't manage it this time, there's no reason to stay. We'll just leave and come back. Um, another time. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because my sister, I have four, three other sisters. Uh, one, my youngest sister, um, had the same problem with, with mother that, that I had, even more, even worse than I had. Well, I don't know. It seemed worse. But anyway, she, she didn't deal with it, and she died of cancer oh, at 50. No. And I remember when she died of cancer at 50, I thought to myself, there but for the grace of God go I. Because mm-hmm. I knew she had that cancer inside of her, um, in her thoughts and in her heart. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't deal with it, and she never really worked through it. And so I, do, I really do believe that if you come here for a reason, and she probably came here for a similar reason to mine, um, and she couldn't deal with it, the soul says, well, okay, if you don't want to deal with it this lifetime, that's fine. We'll just try it another, we'll try another time. Mm-hmm. And... and- at what level is that decision made, do you think? The soul. I think the soul decides soul. that. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I mean, we bring it on ourselves in our body. I mean, I have a chapter on health, and I just know how this works with um, the mind controlling the body. I mean, I am so convinced because when I came back from California and I got all involved in the family again and all the old issues came up, I was going through a lot of anger and resentment and holding grudges and stuff. And then uh, three months after I was here, I developed a lump in my back. And I mm. went into the doctor, and she said, yes, it's there. I want you to go in for an MRI the next morning. So that night I did a meditation, and I said, um, you know, I, I, I knew about these ideas. I said, now I've got to work through this. What is this all about? And, of course, when I looked in Louise Hay's book, it was all about resentment and graduates. That's what lumps are. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I did a meditation that night, a very deep meditation, and uh, releasing them these people and knowing that they were actually what I what released me was realizing that they were the motivation that got me to California and California is where my life changed and so I oh. started thanking them for being the motivators I needed and I had this cream of streamy light come all up all up through my body it was the most amazing feeling and I went in for the MRI the next day 
and um, the doctor called me in the afternoon, and she said, well, the lump's gone. I want you to go in for more tests. And I said, well, before that, I have to tell you what happened. So I told her, so she said, come in this afternoon. I went in, and the lump was gone. Wow. And now my explanation yeah. for this is that, the, that, the, that it, what happens is if the reason for the lump is no longer there, Mm-hmm. Then the reason, then it's gone because mm-hmm. it's like the body said, "Oh, she gets it. She gets it." No yeah, reason she for the lump we don't need there. that anymore. Yeah, interesting. Well, maybe when we get back from our next break, we can talk a little bit more about that chapter in your book that's on health. Okay. And I think you say perfect health is possible if we stay in healthy thoughts. So yeah. I'd like to hear you say more about that. So okay. we will be right back with my guest Betsy Thompson. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are visiting today with my guest, Betsy Thompson, and she's talking to us about really big questions and answers for those questions um, and her book, Love Human. And as we get started, before I get carried away with some of the concepts today, Betsy, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, and I really appreciate your time. Well, I'm delighted to be here. And I want to make sure that people know how to find you. Where can people uh, locate you, and where can they buy your book? 
They can go to okay. They can go to my website, which is betsythompson.com. That's B-E-T-S-Y. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and the books are all on my website, and um, you just need to click on the book in order to order them. Okay. Is that the only place they're available? Are they available on Amazon? or? Well, yes, they are available other? on Amazon, but okay. my link takes them to Amazon anyway. Oh, okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, you know, we were just talking before the break about perfect health. Um, can you share some of your thoughts on that? Because... Uh, you know, I, I loved your story, and I'd like to know more. Well, I, I believe, my belief is that the mind controls the body, and um, the chapter on, in the book about health is about the ease we feel, E-A-S-E, uh, mm-hmm. versus the dis-ease we feel. And uh, to create an ease-filled body is to live an ease-filled thought. Uh, and I, I know that I know this works from my own personal experience that um, the body is just reflective energy. It just it just lets us know exactly what our mind is doing by what occurs in the body. And um, I always uh, say something about Louise Hay's book because it's so wonderful. You just need to go to Louise Hay's book and look and see what's wrong with you, and it tells you where the problem is in your mind that you need to heal. Is that and, her book? You can heal your life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and um, so, I mean, I have had uh, lots of things in my body that have told me what's going on. When I was getting divorced with four young children, I developed something called hysterical paralysis where my legs wouldn't work, uh-huh. and it was all about not being able to move forward. Not You know, mm-hmm. your legs represent walking forward, and right. it was all about not being able to walk forward or fear of walking forward by myself. And. And so did you learn about that on your own? Well, when it happened, I didn't learn about it. I just knew, I knew about it in reflective, when I reflected back. But at that time, okay. I didn't understand that the mind controlled the body. But I do remember thinking I wasn't going to give in to it. And I would pull myself around from piece of furniture to piece of furniture, refusing to give in to it, which was probably the determination that got me through the crisis, you know. So I had that determination in me that I wasn't going to give in to um, whatever was going on with me, that I was going to face the future, which mm-hmm. is what it was all about. And so that I, so I did heal it myself, but I didn't realize the process I was going through as I healed it. I just knew that I was determined to get through it. Mm-hmm. And did you have mentors along the way? Yes. When I was in California, um, I, I was, one evening someone asked me if I would go to lecture with her, and I was uh, in, in sort of in a bad way. And um, this was when I was in that roach-infested apartment, mm-hmm. <laughs> one-room roach-infested apartment in, the, in California, in Glendale. And um, uh, she, I, so I went, and it was Marianne Williamson talking. Oh, about, oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was when she first started, started lecturing in, in um, Los Angeles. And so mm-hmm. um, that was when I first got the idea about taking responsibility. And then two years after I'd been doing the course, I started my own writing. So it was very inspirational, and she was very oh. inspirational. Uh-huh. Yes, she is. And um, a month or so ago, um, I had on the show Ben Decker, who um, has studied with Marianne. And so he was teaching us about A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such powerful information. And, um, it, you know, it, it's it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it <laughs> you know, isn't. The, yeah, because you know. it's for you. It's for it's the individual. It's not somebody coming along and saying, "Here's a solution." It's about saying, "You you find a solution." Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And dig deep to find that solution. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I but think I think ben, that's the only way you ever find a solution that really works. 
Yes, they're not on the surface, are they? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're about um, digging deep. You know, I have I have an uh, um, uh, about release, forgive, and move on. I have a, a little analogy that takes a second. It's a, a balloon uh-huh. need buoy- needs buoyancy to have the ride it was created to have. If the balloon holds a stone, it doesn't get the lift it needs in order to live its purpose. But the balloon doesn't care if the stone is black, white, or gray. It just wants the stone gone. And that's the same thing for us. You know, our bodies don't care what uncomfortable emotion is in us either. It just wants it gone and released. Oh, that's, yeah. It doesn't care what it is. That's right. Just wants it it gone. Just wants it gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you you have so much to share. And I, I, um, I know you've, you know, we've been talking about Love Human. What are some of the other books that you've written? Well, I've written a book called The What Happens If I Book. <laughs> what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And uh, a book called Walking Through Illusion. And I've written a book called um, Love Parent, which is about anybody who's ever been a child, which includes everyone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I've, I've, read, I've written a book called The Mirror Theory, uh, which is about action, reaction, emotion. And are all those available on your website as they well? They are, yes. They're all available. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So really what you do is right. I do. Yeah. I do. So, I'm, and I'm going to expos now, and I do readings as well. Uh, and so I, I go and I take my books with me and my reading, and I also sell the sweaters that I knit and design at, called Sweet Angel Sweaters. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. So um, when you go to expos, like, give me an example. Well, they're, they're, I'm just going locally so far because I just oh, started okay. this about nine months ago. So I'm going in Pennsylvania and New Jersey okay. uh, to psychic expos that are in the area. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, um, I certainly do. Once again, thank you, Betsy, for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I, you're a wonderful host, and I really enjoyed the hour with you. Thank you so much. Now, next week, we're going to be visiting with an expert in matters related to, of all things, divorce. Kathy Nielsen will be helping us understand how to manage some of the difficulties associated with this usually painful situation in the best way possible. She'll share resources most don't know about and teach us about the importance of self-care, mind, body, and spirit. I leave you today with the words of Maya Angelou. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive, and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.